Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Obviously, very recently I announced Nado Sports Recruiting, NadeauSportsRecruiting.com. It's super important to me and probably my biggest project ever. If you're a student athlete from Atlanta, Canada, or the parent of a student athlete from Atlanta, Canada, and you want to get discovered by an NCAA coach, please visit NadeauSportsRecruiting.com and learn more about our services and how I can help you get discovered. Welcome to the Start Your Journey podcast. Helping Atlantic Canadian student-athletes navigate the NCAA recruiting process. Each episode, you can eavesdrop on conversations with NCAA student-athletes, past and present, coaches, parents, and learn about the latest tools to boost your chances of getting discovered. Here's your host, former pro hockey player, digital marketing entrepreneur, and green smoothie drinker, Chris Nadeau. But before we get started, here are our friends, Pearl Jam. This is episode number five with former professional hockey player and good friend of mine, Van Burgess. I love this interview that we have with Van today because, first of all, he is a great friend of mine, but secondly, he shares his experience of playing minor hockey in the Maritimes and his path to becoming a pro hockey player. He now uses his experiences from playing sports and leans on those experiences to help guide his own children through their athletic journey, which has led to one of his sons signing a D1 baseball scholarship. Van played minor hockey throughout the Maritimes, including stops in Chatham, New Brunswick, Oromocto, and Fredericton. He then went on to play major junior in the WHL with the Swift Current Broncos, Tacoma Rockets, and Prince Albert Raiders. He was a prolific scorer coming out of junior and went on to play 10 seasons of professional hockey. Today, Van discusses how he and his wife, Christy, both former high-performance athletes, have been able to navigate the process of raising athletes. For anyone with a teen athlete who aspires to make that next level, whatever that may be, middle school, high school, or college, this is worth the listen. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Where they love to eat in the Maritimes and some of their favorite go-to orders. So would love to hear, I know, it's, you know you've been in and out of the Maritimes for the last few years, but would love to hear your go-to spots. Well, first and foremost, I try to get back to Chatham, uh, which is the Miramichi now, and Ben's hamburgers, for sure, staple, and always uh, trying to hit up a pizza delight. You like the where pizza? it is? Yeah, I like the pizza delight, and of course, anytime I cross the border and come back to Canada, not even the Maritimes is fries and gravy. So, is that just fries and gravy, or is it actually poutine? It doesn't matter. Fries and gravy, poutine, whatever. You like it, eh? I like it. So did you have some of that when you were watching the Super Bowl last night? I did not. (laughs) I did did not watch the Super Bowl very intensively because it was a horrible, boring game. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? No. Unless you love defense, which uh, then I guess maybe you would have enjoyed the game. Yeah, it was not very exciting. Yeah. So Ben's Hamburger, tell me a little bit more about that in Chatham. Like, where is, uh, what's what's so great about Ben's Hamburger? Uh, just nice and a little greasy yeah. and just so good. It's right downtown. It used to be uh, kind of at the little hangout spot. Yeah. Now, over the years, when I went back this time, they've moved down the road kind of to a more of a downtown <laughs> Chatham yeah. location. If that makes if that makes any sense, uh, I don't know. It was just when I was, I guess, 14, 15, 15, 16. That's where we went. That was the place to go, and we'd go down there and have some burgers and dogs and hang out and try not to get in trouble, and then probably swing back and have some more burgers and dogs later on in the night. Love it. It's just the place to go. I will have to check it out. I've never been, so next time I'm down in uh, Chatham, Miramichi area, I'll definitely uh, check it out. Oh, yeah. Sounds, it's a must-have. Sounds a little bit like Dwight's back in our Huntington days. <laughs> not quite the same, but, it, uh, you know, I guess you can have the same feeling from it. Yeah. 
but fortunately or unfortunately, Dwight's is no longer there. <laughs> yeah. So, oh well, possible reasons for yeah. that, I'm not sure, but it's not there anymore. So, speaking of our Huntington days, I mean, we've seen and connected with each other since uh, I think it was like '96, '97 when we played. But um, back then, who would have thought? Here we are now, right? Talking on a podcast, but you know, you played you know, a lot of sports growing up and you're an athletic guy and went on to play pro hockey. And from then, from when we played together in 96, 97, you've, you know, fast forward, you're a dad and you're married and you turn into like a hockey, baseball, sports dad. Get, talk me through those years, I guess, to how and what happened and how you kind of got to be an athlete and, and to where you are now today with uh, children and married and all that good stuff. Well, just the, the standard story for almost anybody in Canada, right, is if you had any kind of ath athletic interest, you played sports, and usually almost always hockey was one of them. I was no different being in a military family. Uh, my dad played hockey. Uh, so when I was little, that's what I did. I started playing hockey. And uh, un unfortunately or fortunately, I'm not sure how you want to look at it, we moved a lot. So I made lots of friends everywhere. But also we moved a lot. But uh, the Miramichi for me was what I, if anybody ever asked me down here, I tell them that, that that's where I'm from is from uh, the Maritimes because that was kind of the, you know, the, the good buddies, the glory days for, you know, 15, 16, making really good friends. Yeah. 17, even down in uh, Fredericton, a couple of years in Chatham and or Mokta when I was younger and then went to Frederick, just kind of in Fredericton. And obviously uh, I am not playing, but I did play baseball growing up. And then about 14 um, was kind of the age where I started playing on, you know, team Manitoba and team Atlantics and just different stuff in the summer. So I had to kind of make a decision and uh, just stayed with ho hockey, figured I wanted to play hockey. So, uh, luckily enough that uh, I played for the Frederick Bolden Red Wings and we were at Atlantix and um, we won Atlantix and there was a coach uh, that I won't mention his name. His brother was actually there. Uh, we were playing against his brother and uh, his brother coached in the Western Hockey League. Yeah. So... Uh, did good enough, well enough, whatever to get offered at that point. I know it's changed quite a bit now, but at that point, if you got uh, quote unquote protected or listed by anybody in major junior, then you could choose uh, what league you wanted to go to, the O, the Q, or the WHL. Um, I didn't really want to go on the draft because there were certain teams that were, you know, offering me certain things and kind of promising me things back then, but you still had to go in the draft. And if I chose the Western Hockey League, which wasn't that scary for me because I lived out there part of my childhood, I could choose what team I wanted to go to. So uh, that's what I did. Yeah. Kind of uh, went out West and started my junior story then. But uh, I guess probably I got to go back to when I was in Chatham and we won that, I still can remember it to this day. We won provincials and sports in Chatham or small towns in New Brunswick are just crazy, right? I mean, we get home. I don't even know what time we're getting home and we're meeting up by the rink and the fire trucks are there and they're taking <laughs> us on this little tour around town and honking the horns and everybody's out on their street waving on us because we just won like the Bantam AAA Provincial Championship. And I can still remember that. Yeah, that's and awesome. That's kind of stuff doesn't happen in big cities. It definitely doesn't happen in big cities in in the states. Uh, but I think that's very unique. Well, Chatham is very unique when it comes to their sports. Anyways, they're probably a little bit a uh, little bit more than uh, even the big sports towns. They're pretty crazy about their sports there. Yeah, they're very grateful for some of the athletes that have come through there for sure. Right, like they have their Hall of Fames there and everything. It's awesome to see. It is. So then, uh, so then I kind of go out west and do my four years, and unfortunately, my travels don't stop because I get expansion draft and then traded. And I guess it was always somebody wanted me, 
Yeah. Um, so then do that. Uh, probably my 18, 19 year old year. Uh, don't get drafted or whatever. So a little discouraging. But I never really figured out that, hey, if you maybe did a little bit more off ice or worked a little bit harder on your <laughs> off ice stuff, you might be able to get a little farther than you did. But it is, I mean, that's that's the way I was. That's what I did. Yeah. And I, I just kind of lived off of my my skills, you know, my abilities, my able to score. And I never really pushed myself probably hard enough that I, or as hard as I should have to get. I, I don't know if it's the ultimate goal or the goal at the time, but, you know, I was just happy with what I was doing. I loved being around the guys. I love playing sports. I love playing hockey. You know, that's, that was just the life that I wanted to do. So, uh, yeah. so then we're kind of there and I go to school for a year after I don't get any, um, uh, I can't remember where I was. I went to AHL con, uh, tryout and didn't get signed yeah. or whatever. So went to, went to school for a year and then, uh, still liked the hockey, but I knew that wasn't for me. I wanted to go play pro hockey. Yeah. So that was kind of the start of my pro hockey career. And then I think, uh, was that the, did, were you there the first year? Did we play together my first year? No, I or the second year in Huntington. I came in in your second year and I was actually looking at your stats van and that was your best year. You had 47 and 47 that year. And I, I'd like to say that was probably because I played with you that year. It was, I think you, <laughs> how many assists did you have? I think I only had 10, you know, but Hey, well, whatever. there you go. There's, I would only have 37 <laughs> yeah. if you weren't on the team, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's funny. Cause we were, I was just at the East coast league hockey hall of fame, uh, for one of our teammates a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jim yeah. Birmingham. And he was saying that the only records that he doesn't hold is most goals in a season which uh, I do at 47 and most games played, which was Kelly Harper. Yeah. So there's one record that I do hold. Out there, there you go. And it's, it's, in Hun- it's in Huntington, West Virginia of all places. Yeah. The good old blizzard. Thought, yeah. Know, somebody from New Brunswick or Canada or anybody would be playing in Huntington, West Virginia. We got to thank the great one for that one, I guess. Eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was, uh, so that was awesome. And I met my wife there and, you know, travels continued. And uh, shortly after that, we had Quentin, who's my first born in 97. Yeah. And then the travels continue overseas to Germany for a couple of years, back to the States, El Paso. And my second is born, Colin, in 2000. Yeah. And then uh, by the time that we're done that and we come back to Lexington, Kentucky, uh, the team is a typical of a minor league team. The team was here for a year and uh, folded. They were looking for local ownership, didn't find it, and they folded. And that was enough for me. I, I probably still wanted to play a little bit, but I didn't want to put my sons through the moving. Yeah. Uh, all the time. Quentin was six and in kindergarten and lived in 11 houses or apartments at that time. So I just said, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. Time to be uh, just a good parent or to attempt to be a good parent and, uh, you know, enter the quote unquote real world. There you go. Hey, I remember those. I remember that day to, I know exactly what you're talking about when you kind of decide to, to uh, kind of pack in the uh, the dream, uh, living the dream, I guess, right? No matter what level we were playing at, it was still awesome. And then it's it time was. to hit the real world, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was it was the East Coast League or the CHL or the W. I can't remember the Whipple. I can't remember what it was called, yeah. but yeah. you know, that's what we were doing. I mean, that's yeah. what it was. What was the rush? Why would I want to go and? do what I'm doing now you know it's fine it's work it's a job and stuff but it's it definitely wasn't as much fun as what we were doing back then 
Yeah, we had a good time. A good time for sure. So, so now you you've got your kids, you've made the move, and you're kind of retired, as they'd say, from the from your playing days. So your kids start getting into sports. So, kind of walk me through what it was like now after being a professional athlete, uh, seeing your kids get into sports. How how did you navigate? How did you and Christy navigate this as parents when they got into sports? Well. Obviously, it was part of my life, and in my wife's Christy, she was a she was a athlete too, and played college softball. So, without, I mean, the the, the kids were going to play sports. I mean, it's just it's, it's just the way it was, and they did, and they liked it. And uh, so, growing up, they both played hockey and baseball, and that's it was a pretty standard. For Canada, for here it's not. Here it's more, you know, football or baseball or basketball or baseball. But they played hockey or baseball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, both of them loved the sport that they were in during the season. And I could, I could still remember, you know, uh, especially Colin, it would be baseball season would be getting ready to start and hockey's, you know, not over yet. And he would, he's like, well, I don't want to play baseball this year. He's yeah. like nine years old or whatever because he just wants to play hockey. And I yeah. was like, no, you're, you you want to play. You know, once you get up around, around the park with your friends, you're going to want to play. And uh, So I, I will say that we made them, but, you know, we just kind of knew that he, he were nine years old. He, he wanted to play hockey. Yeah. So, but he wasn't going to be able to play hockey in Kentucky in June, July, August, all those months. So we signed him up and then we played baseball. And then basically, you know, it was the same thing at the end of that season. Both of them would be like, well, I don't want to play hockey this year. Well, yeah. you're nine or 10, you're still going to play. So they, we, that kind of went on for, uh, I don't know, Quentin. Quentin never uh, really quit one sport or the other. He played both right up until his end of high school. Colin, yeah. uh, the younger one, about 14 he was playing, uh, we were traveling actually to Cincinnati. It's, it's tough where we live. I'm sure there's, everybody has those areas where there's just no uh, competitive hockey or sports where we're at. So we were traveling like two hours during the week after school, Tuesdays and Thursdays to go to Cincinnati for practice. And, you know, just the commitment level was just too much. It was just too hard. Was that for uh, hockey, man, or baseball? That was that was for hockey. Okay. So every, all yeah. winter, that's what we're doing. And then, mm -hmm. the, to add that commitment, it's not like we're playing home games in Cincinnati either. Now we're playing in the Little Caesars League out of Detroit. So, <laughs> like we're driving, we're driving to Monroe, Michigan, which is just across the border into Michigan for our home games. So yeah. we're going five, six hours you know, every weekend to play hockey because he loves it. Well, after a certain amount of time doing that a couple of years, I don't know if his love really, I mean, he still loved it. He still loved being, he loved his boys. He loved his teammates, but it just came, it just became to be too much for him. And yeah. at that point, at that time, he was kind of, I think he was probably, as, as you know, the older you get, your memory gets a little fuzzy sometimes. But yeah. I want to say he was around 14. Yeah. And at, at that time, he, he did realize that he was better at baseball than he was at hockey. So he's like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. I'm just going to, you know, work out and train and do baseball-specific stuff or whatever and to keep myself busy for the next season. And by then it was, it was fine. It wasn't like, no, you're going to play. It was, it was like, okay, you're mature enough, <laughs> kind of yeah. mature enough to understand. Uh, so that's what, that's what he did. And he kind of quit. And Quentin was a little bit different. He, two kids, you have two kids and they're night and day, right? My, our, yeah, mine are night no. and day. So uh Quentin just enjoyed playing it and he was good at both, but he didn't excel at either one of them. Yeah. Um, so he, he just enjoyed playing and he played as, as kind of as far as he, he could go. And he did look at maybe going to school and playing some baseball 
at some smaller schools and such. Um, but we were really late on the recruiting for that. Yeah. And but by, by the time it came around, we really weren't educated enough to find a good fit for him as far as a good school. Cause he's, he's a very intelligent kid and you know, his, his academics was going to outweigh the athletics that he was going to yeah. go. So there's a lot of schools that you can go to, but we just didn't have time really to find it. And, you know, his, his last year actually didn't turn out to be very successful for him. So yeah. he just kind of said, you know what, I'm done. I'm over it. I'll just go to school. So he goes, he's actually a senior this year at Miami, Ohio and continue to play intramural hockey up there. And they're, they're very good. So it's competitive. So he's kind of moved on with his, his sports and he still does it and he loves doing it. And, but it's just not Colin, you know, Colin yeah. is, is, it's almost like <laughs> if he can go to a great school, okay if he can go to a great athletic school even better yeah i mean he's he was more like me i mean he just wants to play sports and um unfortunately the schooling which my wife works on all the time with him is it's not just something that you have to do it's something yeah. that you you need to do it yeah so yeah. So he, it's big part of his identity from what I'm hearing, right? Like baseball is like a big part of Colin right now. And he wants to chase his dream as far as he can. Is that, would that be fair to say? Uh, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So when you, you touched on that van there actually with Quentin, sorry, just, but I want to ask one quick question. When, when you said it was too late, even though you were thinking about smaller schools, what is too late? Cause a lot of people in Atlantic Canada don't even know, like they think, Oh, grade 12. Now I should start looking at some schools and maybe reach out and, or see what was too late for you guys. Uh, when it was, when you were looking into it for Quentin. It was probably great. Grade 12, his senior yeah. year yeah. is kind of when, I mean, he always, he never really, he never really like his commitment level to everything has really drastically went up like since probably since high school is, is yeah. gone out. Like he works out more now and you know, his, he's, he's a lot more committed now than he was then. Yeah. Um, and his senior year is kind of when he said, well, you know what? I think I, maybe I want to go play school, uh, play baseball at school. Mm -hmm. So we actually um, signed up for a recruiting program and they did have a lot of, of placements for him. Um, but really, but really he just didn't, um, he thought he did, but then at, when it came down to it, he just really didn't want to go and, and play sports at school. Yeah. And, and that was fine by us. Cause I mean, like I said, he's very intelligent and you know, that's his path and he's, he's got his, his teammates that he's had through the years and, and he knows what it is to be on a team. And he's felt all those, you know, wins and losses and the trials and tribulations that go with sports. Uh, but I, I would say, uh, it just didn't, his senior year it just didn't give us enough time to um, either highlight or check off uh, schools that would be a good fit for him. Yeah. And I mean, it's great that he, you know, it sounds like he kind of came to that decision on his own. He had great fun playing sports, still does it. He's fit, but he's using all those experiences now with what he's doing now. Um, would it have changed if you guys had a got earlier at it? Who knows? I doubt it. It's probably the way Quentin's wanted to go along, but it was just neat to hear that it was too late. Like, I'm wondering, do you think it's grade nine, grade 10, or maybe you, you maybe from that experience, it helped you guys decide to do what you were going to do with Colin. So what happened there? Well, if, if you were asking me, I, I would say yes, probably grade nine or latter year of grade nine going into grade 10 for here. Yeah. That's, you know, freshman, sophomore years, uh, definitely junior years. I, I know that the NCAA is changing all their commitment stuff and all that. It, it's, it's really kind of a mess, yeah. uh, especially for baseball. You know, they get 11.7 scholarships for 35 kids on their team. Yeah. 
um, which is not very much, you know, women's basketball get 18 or 15 and there's only 15 on the team and men's basketball is the same, but that's a whole different story. So ho hopefully some of that will change, but unfortunately what's happening down here is that they're um, over committing to a lot of kids and, and some kids will get affected by it when they get to school uh, yeah. or at that time they, you know, kind of say, Oh, well, it's not there for you anymore. We can give you this, but we can't give you that now until your senior year is when you uh, put ink on the paper, so to speak. Yeah. So Col yeah. Colin has officially done that part. So anyway, going to Colin, um, you know, like I said, he's, he's all, he, he knew he's better at baseball and he was better. He's always excelled. He's always kind of been, um, the dude on his team. Yeah. Um, so growing up playing all this and doing all these things and playing in the summer and, you know, he, he started as a freshman, uh, a ninth grader on our high school team, who's predominantly ranked in the top 10 in the state every year. So, uh, that just kind of shows the kind of player and the toughness that he has is that he was a starting catcher as a freshman. And I think that year we were, I think eighth in the state or some ninth in the state or something like that. So uh, he's always kind of just excelled in it. And uh, so we do our travel ball in the summer and, you know, high school in the spring, I guess. So 14, 15, I can't remember ninth, 10th grade. So it was 10th grade year. Um, yeah. So it was 10th grade year. We decided to go to Cincinnati for a tryout for a different travel program. Uh, Cause I felt that he was, he wasn't, he was playing with good kids and he was playing on a good team down here. A lot of them were his buddies that he grew up with, but just, he, he wasn't, uh, he was too comfortable. He needed mm -hmm. to get he needed to get pushed and he needed to get out and uh, see what else was out there. So we go to Cincinnati. He tries out for a program called the Midland Redskins, which is nationally known as one of the best programs in the country. Okay. Um, some alumni like uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Larkin, Ben Attendee nowadays, Adam Engel. Hey. They did okay. They did okay, right? So <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they had 50 kids in the major leagues last year alone that played yeah. the program. So it's a, that's the program that we're going to try out for. So it's just a, a random tryout for the fall team. So he goes up and he does fine, and, and he makes this fall team, which is has nothing to do with summer. Um. So we play in the fall a little bit, and he um, he does well. He does really well. Uh, we go to Florida for a big, perfect game tournament. And, uh, Fort Myers uh, does really well. And his recruiting starts there, and I could come back to that after I kind of finish his timeline. But yeah. um, So it does really well. Well, the, one of the coaches is the coach for th – this is just a 16-year-old team that he's on. Uh, 16 or 17 and he made the 17 year old team for the following summer okay. well his his fall is so good that they say they tell the other coach oh yeah by the way Colin's not on your team anymore he's going to be on our team which is now the Midland Redskins he was going to okay. be on the Midland Braves but now he's on the Redskins so um, so that happens come back high school again does not really have a great high school year. Uh, his best year is probably his freshman year, and I think that just goes to maturity and baseball and trying to do too much and be too much and all those kinds of things that go on with that. But uh, So he goes and plays with the Redskins last summer, and there is kids from all over the country. He's one of three kids that has not already graduated and going to college as soon as the summer is over. We're playing kids from Alabama, Colorado, Texas Tech. So now he's moved away. He's living with a family and figuring out that, okay, this is, this is real. This is tough. These guys are dudes. 
yeah. real dudes. You know, we lost four kids that didn't even come play with us because they signed, they got drafted and signed the major league contracts. Yeah. So they were on our team, but didn't even make it there because they signed and went, you know, decided not to go to school. So that's kind of how his baseball stuff came from. Now I will tell you how he got his, his, um, scholarship or his commitment if that's something that you think that i should talk about totally i mean it's definitely uh, worthwhile for people to hear and even you touched on it like there's no more of these you don't see a lot of these as i used to say back in the days when we were playing as the full ride right like it's uh you know there's like you were saying there's only so many scholarships teams and certain sports can share amongst their athletes uh, a lot of it can be maybe academic. It can be a combination, right? Or maybe nothing first year, whatever happens second year sort of deal. So would love to hear what happened there and your experience with Colin. Yeah. Well, a couple of just to touch on those things. So there's 11.7 scholarships for a D1 baseball program. Mm-hmm. We had a kid that played at our park that played at UK. And uh, actually there was two kids and one of them is a major league pitcher and he got nothing to go to UK because they said, we're not going to give you anything. We want you to come here, but his academics were so good Mm -hmm. that they didn't have to give him anything because he wasn't barely going to pay to go to school there anyway. Um, And the same thing with the other kid, the other kid didn't go on and play in the majors, but it was the same thing. There is so little, baseball college money that they they really try to give everybody some stuff just to kind of help them along yeah um, so anyway colin in his florida trip his coach obviously the coaches in midland are very connected and you know that's it, it, it's entirely um funded by one person uh, joe hayden that has passed away but he left a fund for the program um so those coaches are there just literally to to develop the kids and to help the kids be ready when they go to college baseball or pro baseball Mm -hmm. so colin's doing well um and he actually talks to colin in the dugout one day before we're going to um florida and asked Colin, he said, how far is too far for you to go play, just to go to school? And Colin being a kind of kid, like, I, I mean, because he moved so much, you know, it wasn't like he was locked down, like this is home, you know, my old Kentucky home, which is something that's strong down here. He said he didn't care. He wanted to go to a good program and a good school with a good coach. He said, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Wichita State will be in Florida watching you. I've already talked to Coach, and uh, I think that uh, it would be a good fit for you. So anyways, uh, which is, is not very common when you're at these big tournaments because there's, you know, 20 games going on at once. The coach actually came and sat and watched all three of our, our first three games. He was there an hour before watching this, you know, him interact watching him warm up, watching him catch bullpens, um, and sat and watched all three games. And luckily enough, or thankfully enough, Colin performed. Yeah. Because there's been other times when uh, schools have come to watch where, you know, he hasn't performed or hasn't um, shown out or they haven't seen maybe what, what other people see. So, uh, you know, that happened. He'd done real well. And then um, a game got delayed or whatever. And uh, we're walking to the car because we're actually going to a different field that has lights on it to finish it because the other team wanted to finish the game because uh, they said it would help them or whatever. But anyway, we, we ended up drumming them because our coach was upset because we had to travel to a different park to finish the game. Uh he got a text from the coach saying, Hey, I got to go back to my team and uh, I'll talk to you. Uh, give me a call when you get a chance. I want to talk to you. So he calls him and you know, like the rest is kind of history. Colin went to the school and liked it. And he wanted to uh, go to a different school or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. 
Colin was supposed to go to a different school for a visit and an offer the following weekend after we got home. Okay. Um, and I said, do you still want to go to that school? And he's like, because the coach from Wichita already um, gave him an offer over the phone. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I want to, I want to commit to Wichita. I said, okay, first of all, you, we're not committing to anything until you step foot on campus. You sit in the room with the coach and you have a conversation and you meet some of the players and you see the, the town and the area or whatever. Cause the Miramichi is different than Quispamsis and Wichita is definitely different than Lexington, Kentucky. So yeah. I said, if that's what you want, you ask coach if we can be there this weekend and we'll drive there this weekend and uh, you know, we'll talk to them and see what it's like. And he said, yeah. I said, well, first thing you need to do is call the other school and tell them that you're not coming this weekend. And he didn't want to do it, but he did it because yeah. um, just like any sports, you, you never burn any bridges uh, because you never know where that coach or what you might need down the line um, might end up. So, that's good advice, Yeah, yeah. So we we try to give him good advice. Uh, whether he listens all the time, I mean, we'll have to see when he moves away. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, he's not as wild as we were when we were. Yeah. In but anyway, so that's that's kind of how that happened. That's how his full. That's how his commitment came to play. Now, those 14, 15, 16 year old years. I will tell you that we were going to uh, showcases and camps and stuff. We kind of sat down. We like we said we didn't do this with Quentin because mm-hmm. we didn't really know. Well, now we're kind of been in it a while, and we realize that we got to get this started a lot earlier than what uh, originally we thought. Yeah. So we asked Colin some schools that he wanted to go to. Of course, we live in Lexington, Kentucky, so. He went, you know, we went to the UK, the kind of the close ones, UK and Louisville and Vanderbilt and Tennessee. And, you know, those are kind of the upper echelon, you know, SEC, ACC kind of schools. And, you know, it, it really, it was good for both. One, he's gaining experience at these showcases and being able to do it. And two, he was... Um, kind of seeing you know where do i fit in in this whole thing yeah you know am i good enough to play here is this where i should be is it too high is it realistic and you know it it did it did all those things for him now thankfully for for colin um he he's not the guy that gets off the bus first you know he's not 6 4 210 pounds chiseled like his dad is he, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's undersized you know he he's he player you know yeah. he's, an, he's he's a hockey player he's a baseball he's he's a player so yeah. he always did good at these showcases and he spoke to numerous schools that came out of uh these showcases and stuff but it also came to him that you know what you know they're they're talking to me but they're not like super like in they don't they don't love me you know they just kind of they're just kind of like being nice and friendly to me um and doing all the kind of Hello. Yeah, I'm here. You're kind uh, of cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow a yeah. call came through. Yeah. So he he kind of figured that you know, I think that what they're and we talked to you know I'm very open with them, and be like you know what I I think that they kind of like you you know what I'm saying, right. but they don't they don't love you because if they if the, I think if they they just want to see maybe where you're gonna progress you know, this year or next year or the following year. And, you know, he just said, you know what? 
I don't know if I need to go play in the quote unquote SEC or ACC, which is the, you know, the big dogs predominant, you know, the, the big boys. He said, mm-hmm. I think I'd be better off going to a smaller school. And this was kind of before the, even the Wichita came up. So uh, we never got into going to the camps at the other places, the other schools, because this kind of veered us towards that direction anyway. Yeah, and it, it never, it didn't, it didn't happen that we had to go down that that secondary path of going to the camps and stuff. But we're down in this area, and I think that's probably the biggest difference between where where you're at and where where we're at. You know, I drove twenty minutes to UK, an hour to Louisville, two hours to Vanderbilt, two hours to Tennessee, a couple hours to Pitt. So everything is relatively easy and close for us to get to. And up there, it's, it's a lot tougher, a lot harder, I guess, to get to some of these things. And it's a big expense, right? Like, uh, like even for you guys, but even like you mentioned coming from here and trying to figure out what, what showcase to go to or what events you better make sure you're picking the right ones. Right. Or else it could be a big waste of money. Correct. Um, yeah. And, so touching and, on that, actually, uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Well, that's. I was just going to say that the biggest thing with um, when we had Quentin is that when we got that company that and it's the same as I can't remember what it was called to yeah. tell you the truth, but it was a recruit recruitment company uh, agency or whatever. And I talk to people now that are you know you know how to do it, and I said you have to have somebody doing it for you because we tried to get Colin and Quentin to, you know, there's questionnaires on websites and I think it's just, I think it might just be called like a player questionnaire and, you know, they would fill out some, a couple here and there, but just the timeline for them to do that and try to recruit on their own. I mean, Christy and I and Colin or Quentin, there's just not enough time. We don't yeah. have times in our life to do that. And there's thousands of schools that are out there that could be a good fit for yeah. every different kind of student athlete. And um, luckily for us, we got where Colin was going. But if it wasn't for, you know, his performance and or his coach in Midland, we might still be sitting here today, you know, with that, with that stress and that burden on our shoulders, like, what do I do? Where do I add? And and just like anybody, if there's stress in your life, usually not everybody's happy. And, you know, it just creates a lot of drama where where you don't even know there is drama just because you, you have that stress in your life. And when he committed with Wichita state, it was amazing how much better everybody felt. <laughs> I <laughs> bet. Eh? It, yeah. was, it was just, and we didn't even realize the stress that we had on us for, yeah. for him yeah. to get a college. Cause that's what he wanted to do. Right. So yeah. as your kid, that's what you're trying to do is, help them get to where they want to get and uh yeah christy and i still talk about it we we didn't even realize the stress that we were kind of under before he got this commitment yeah and i mean i I, i'm kind of going through that now i know Cade wants to play tennis in school and uh, it's definitely something that uh obviously and that's why we started this this company here to help other athletes and it's a big process um, but I, I'm just curious, like as a parent, sometimes you're, you're looking at it all. If I put my parent hat on and you're trying to figure out, okay, is this too much? What are we doing or how we support and Colin or Quint? Like what, what were some of the conversations you guys had around that when this was all, you know, before, you know, did you ever think we're crazy or do you know what I mean? Do you, any of those conversations happen? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Uh, so especially um, towards the latter years of, of even the, the hockey for the boys, you know, Christy 
does all the money and I'll pays for everything and all that kind of good stuff. So th this will lead into the, the later part of just yeah. the showcases and what to do and what not to do. And, uh, you know, I was like, I understand that it's expensive. I get it. But as parents, we have to give them all of these opportunities to play. Is Colin or Quentin going to play in the NHL? No. Are they going to play minor professional hockey or any kind of or school? Probably not. But you know as well as I do, talking to Christy, is you the life lessons that you learn from playing sports are you can't replace it. There's nothing else mm -hmm. that can replace those kinds of things. So that's kind of how we kept going on on the sports as far as that. What was worth it? Anything was worth it at that point as yeah. they were growing up. Now, doing the showcases and traveling and going to these other things, there was teams that we didn't play on because we the it just to me it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. To spend you know, $6,000 this summer just to go to a certain place for, you know, 10 days or something. There's just tournaments and showcases to me that, that weren't worth it. And especially after Colin went to some of these um, camps and it was just like, okay, th there's a couple of, I don't know if you want, they're kind of like database recruiting programs. They don't yeah. per se they don't um, actually send stuff to schools, but it, they record your data and they put you in the system. It's like prep baseball report or perfect game. Yeah. So they rank all the kids and put their stuff in there and all that kind of stuff. But they have showcases all the time. And, you know, we get emails about this and all that. And, you know, there, there was points where we were like, you know what, it's, it's not there's not going to be scouts there or, you know, his numbers are already in the database. We don't, we don't need to do these, this one, or, you know, I think this one is better. And at that point we would just talk to, you know, friends that we have here that have kids that played baseball or played college or whatever. And, you know, just get, we literally would just get in, input from other people and be like, well, what do you think of this? Or yeah. what do you what, do you know anything about this one or do you know anything about this showcase or tournament or so a lot of mine is just done by networking and trying to talk to people that I know of what is a what is a good uh, I, I would say bargain but it's not a bargain because they're all very expensive um, especially that's spending for your buck you're looking for yeah, yeah. is it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to check in or ask you was actually, um, I had a question here and I just wrote it down when we were chatting there. Um, you, you know, you've, you've had two kids, you, you, you've lived in Kentucky, you've seen other kids chasing the hockey dream or the baseball dream or the sports dream. What do you think it is that maybe – because one of the reasons I started this in the Doe Sports Recruiting is that I think there are a lot of great athletes from Atlantic Canada that just really fizzle out and decide to stop playing their sport because they're not aware of options or they don't know other paths or places they could go to. But I'm wondering what, what do you think maybe why kids or athletes kind of – fail or decide to give up or don't chase the dream anymore. I'm just curious what you think might be happening uh, or what you see. Well, I, I'm, uh, of course it's, it, it, it's almost, a, it's a, to hear it's a little bit more of a regional thing. Um, I would say where you're at, it's probably knowing what's out there a little bit more so than what is down here. I think yeah. down here it's it's a little bit of um, expectation or culture shock to some. Um, I see from what I see from a lot of our friends or people that I know from around our area. It's a town of four hundred, five hundred thousand people, so it's a pretty mm -hmm. good sized city, right? Um, so there's a lot of baseball and it's just like any sport, right? The community is small. The city is big. The sporting community is small. So 
kids from all the schools, we know all those kids. And I, I see a lot of kids in this area in particular um, not go on because they didn't, you know, sign to go to play school at UK or Louisville. Yeah. So to them, it was almost like, well, I'm not good enough or I'm a, it's a failure to, to go on when there's thousands and thousands of other schools that would be glad to have you and the academics are good or better. The ath athletics might not be the upper echelon, but they're still good. There's still a lot of good sports to be played. And even with that being said, we do know a lot of kids that have went on and went to the, uh, the quote unquote, the lesser schools for athletics and are having phenomenal um, experiences at school uh, with, with the sports and the, the schooling. So here, I think it's a little bit more, uh, I, I don't want to call it failure. I don't, I don't really know the right word for it. Um, expectations, maybe they just don't think that, that it's quite worth it to go to the smaller schools and then when the other kids go they're like dude you should have came it's been so much fun i love it you know the academics are great the athletics are good we have so much fun and they're still on that team and they're still competing playing the sport that they love and there's a lot of kids that still come out of these small like I'll, I'll, I'll continue to say it smaller schools that move on in the athletic ranks too yeah. not everybody that plays in the major leagues played in the sec well i think you yeah you i think you touched on something that i was thinking about like if we sit back and think about the teams we played on the path to get to where we were at was not the same for anybody like no. at all and Correct. there are so many different routes and paths that I think part of the thing is kids, like you said, they, they, they only see the one path, whether it's hockey here in the Maritimes. Oh, I didn't get drafted to the queue. I might as well right. give up hockey. Right. Or I didn't go to the big school and uh, you know, in uh, Louisville. So I'll give up baseball. So I think they, it, an understanding of the paths out there could be so helpful for kids that maybe keep them chasing a different route to go wherever they want to go. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, well, that's good. Um, you know, one more question for you, bud. I know we're getting long on the call here, and I really appreciate it, but um, is there anything that you think that we've talked about here, and it's been all great stuff for parents and athletes and, and everybody, um, is there anything that you think that we haven't touched on or any type of advice you would like to give to athletes or, or uh, parents out there that are maybe going through the process that you went through with Colin Quinton? Like anything else you'd like to share? Well, I, I, just a couple things, I guess. For me, and obviously we're teammates, we're friends, we're still buddies, right? Yeah. And it's awesome. And that's amazing because it's been 20 some years and, and we're still communicating once in a while and still seeing the families grow and all that good stuff. What you guys are offering is, is a must have for probably, I, I, I don't, I can't just, a large percent of the maritime kids yeah. to get what they need. Now, the upper echelon, the, you know, the dudes, the superstar studs, maybe not as much because they're going to, they're going to get a knock on their door somehow, some way. Yeah. But what you're doing is getting those other 95%, you're getting somebody to knock on their, their doors. And yeah. if it wasn't for certain people here with us, you know, Colin would just be a kid that plays baseball in Lexington, Kentucky. But we've had people that would throw his name out there to certain people, different colleges, different schools. So our recruiting. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're doing for them. And for me, that's probably, it's very important for that area because they just don't have 
the abilities to handle it on their own. It's, it is really a big deal because I don't know from you guys, 10 hours from you guys, there's probably a thousand schools, yeah. 2000 schools I, I, on the, that part of the country who even knows there's so many different levels and division one, two, three, NAIA. Um, if you want to play at school, be a student athlete, there is a school for you to play at. Yeah. And I have that conversation with my friends all the time. One other little thing talking about our connections I still talk to a friend that I played with against when I was in New Brunswick. He's from, I thought he was from Quispamsis, <laughs> maybe Rossay. I don't know. That area, yeah. he played, uh, we played Bantam against each other. His boy, he lives in Oklahoma City. They're the same age. We have met up three times over the last couple of years. His boy is going to Oklahoma State for baseball, and we talk recruiting and all this other process every couple of weeks on the phone. What's worth it? What's not worth it? Camps, showcases. Yeah. Peter Robertson's his name. Yeah. Played hockey. He's from Quispam, Sis slash Rossay. And his boy is the same as my boy, same age. And <laughs> it's really, and that's sports yeah. though. But if you continue to play sports, these are the kinds of things that are going to happen just your uh the longevity of your friends and you know lifelong right for sure and you'll have to say hello to peter peter and i played together at dal for a year so um that's, cool. that's correct yeah. <laughs> i forgot about yeah, that that is great stuff man and i mean that's a you touched on earlier like that's the number one reason i decided to start this is because I think it's like you said, it's not, I mean, we're not talking Sidney Crosby, but let's use you as an example. We're not really probably, I mean, although maybe when Van Burgess was young playing minor hockey, maybe there was a place for us to help him, but I think it's more like the third line guys or the second line guys or the fourth liners or the kids that are playing high school, not midget AAA that could still, if we use hockey, find a place to potentially play. Correct. Yeah. And it, 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 it might not even be that second or third line like colin is not your stereotypical athlete right he's five nine with brand new spikes on standing on cement yeah. right that's that's not what most of these like my buddy said well colin signed at a six two college and i was like what do you mean he's like it's a six two college that means the kids that are there are six two or bigger <laughs> so like even if colin was in atlanta canada he would have to have help to get out of there because they're going to see a five, nine, 10 kid. That's 170 pounds. That's pretty good, but he's five, nine, five, 10. Yeah. Now you get him for a couple of years and he gets an opportunity then be like, Oh yeah, this kid's a player. Yeah. It's just, it's that help getting, getting in the door, finding the right program, finding the right school city, everything. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's a racket, but it's it's tough. It's stressful. It's hard to try to do as a parent. That is without saying. Yeah. Awesome stuff, my friend. Uh, well, listen, thank you for sharing all uh, your stuff. It was greatly appreciated. Uh, maybe we'll get on uh, on the phone and chat about the good old days sometime and, and instead of uh, <laughs> all these young guys and girls going to school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I hope everything works out. I hope this helps anybody out there. Um, give my love to the family. Love you. Miss you. Talk soon. Thanks, pal. Same to you guys, Kay. We'll uh, we'll be talking soon. All right. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I've enjoyed the experience. Van really opened up and shared a lot of wisdom for me, and I felt it was super helpful in so many ways, so I'm very grateful for him coming on and sharing. What I learned today is whether you live in Quispam, Sis, New Brunswick, or Lexington, Kentucky, parents and young athletes face a lot of the same obstacles. As a family, you need to work together to find the best solutions for the family as a group and your young athlete. 
My goal with this podcast is to learn something from everyone, and I can really appreciate what Van and Christy have been through. I hope you all enjoyed this one, and make sure to share with your friends. Oh yeah, one other thing. Thanks for listening to the Start Your Journey podcast. If you've made it this far, I'll take that you enjoyed the show. In return, I'd love if you would leave a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or Anchor. Subscribe while you're there, and I'll catch you for the next episode. Oh yeah, and if you are listening on the Anchor app, click the message button and leave me a voice message. Thanks again, and I really appreciate your feedback and support.